Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bum, and today's guest is the amazing designer, Daryl Kerrigan. She's been running a line under the name Daryl K for a long time and was credited with developing the hip hugger bootleg gene that was made popular by such equally awesome folks as Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. I was really excited to talk to her about her time working in the costume department on such films as Jim Jarmusch's Mystery Train, Drop Dead Fred, and one of my all-time favorite movies, My Cousin Vinny. She recently collaborated with Madewell on a new collection, which is available today, February 10th, and you can check out her own line at darylk.com. She had a lot of great stories to tell, and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you, so let's get into it. So yeah, that movie, it was that weird time in New York when not a lot of productions were happening. This is like after 9-11, a lot of the work, the film work like left New York. Yeah. So all these like tier three folks were working on this film that had like a budget of like a million dollars, which was nothing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I drove the camera truck. That was my job. I was uh-huh. like, doing a Teamsters job. I relate. I relate. <laughs> I know? used to have to drive the wardrobe truck around the mountains <laughs> in Montana. <laughs> Quite just bonkers. Like, yeah, like the, the big yeah. wardrobe trailer. Like, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, get the driver's license, and next thing you're driving this huge truck around, yeah. and it's empty. <laughs> it's a quick way to learn how to drive a truck, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess let's start where, where did you grow up? Dublin, Dublin. Ireland, yeah. yeah. What sticks out to you the most about growing up in Dublin? Uh, well, I guess in terms of... Uh, a lot of things many of course it's mm-hmm. your whole childhood like yeah. crammed into but because we're talking about fashion I suppose I'll relate it to clothes and think about how you know being a like a, a clothes chick gal <laughs> whatever young one um, grown up in Dublin I was and you really couldn't get clothes there so you you just had to figure out what how you were gonna get what you wanted and um, but people didn't really accept you if you were like anything out of the norm so there'd be a lot of kind of sideways glances and kind of sneering and stuff you know when you had your you know your army jacket like with your school uniform that's a good that's a good fuel though that's like that's the fuel you want totally yeah yeah rebel Uh rebelliousness is always a good bit of fuel so fashion was something that was always a part of your life was something you're always interested in yeah i suppose it's fashion sometimes it's it feels hard to put the word fashion on something when you feel like it's so much related to your core and Mm. your own very personal style that's expressing something that you feel um, I suppose the word for that is fashion. Okay. But uh, but often, um, to me, it's style. Mm-hmm. And w- where, did, where did that interest come from? Um, gosh, I don't know. But my mom and dad were pretty, uh, pretty I guess, stylish people. My mother oh, really? made all her own clothes, yeah, growing up, and she was very individual. In oh, fact, there cool. was an always, always a pants thing going on <laughs> um, through the generations. My grandmother uh, was married to a colonel in the Irish Army, and so back in, I guess the 20s 1920 she'd be like you know in the barracks and she would wear her husband's jodhpurs like around the barracks which was very you know kind of radical totally yeah yeah, because you were supposed to wear a skirt and Mm -hmm. and little heels back then and then my mom made herself a pantsuit to wear to mass on sunday because we were brought up catholic yeah and these parishioners wrote letters to the parish priest saying like oh my god like it's absolutely scandalous mrs kerrigan is wearing pants to m- to mass <laughs> come from a long line of trailblazers of t- 
pants, style trail, pants, pants trailer, yeah. trailblazers. Yeah. No, that's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, it's I know, funny. Yeah, it's I know, funny I, that it all came through pants. It's so amazing just to, like to think of that there was a time where people would be offended. Yeah, by a woman right. wearing pants. Yeah, it's that's wild. Yeah, you know, like I, you know, it's so hard to even fathom something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, know? Ireland was, you know, is quite parochial. Yeah, you know, and so that's why I actually did want to get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what were you spending your time doing when you were growing up there? <laughs> what was I spending? Um, well, going to school and doing a lot of doodling. I was mm -hmm. a big doodler. Um, you know, I get like into art. Yeah. You know, really into art and really into music. You what know? kind of stuff were you listening to then? Who were like the bands that you were well, obsessed with? Well, actually, of course, Bowie, you yeah. know, I mean, as a teenager, like, like, well, my mom was really cool, actually, as for an Irish woman, she was very different than, than other Irish women. Mm -hmm. You know, she would be reading, you know, Simone de Beauvoir and, you know, all the, the, the feminists of the time and really like delving into philosophy and, and really loved music, too. So like blasting in the house. Um, we always had a good sound system, would be like, you know, Aladdin Sane, mm -hmm. Neil Young, Dylan, The Stones, because I had two older brothers and they had really very different taste in music. Well, not, I mean, today, like the one person would have both of those. So, right. you know, so, so yeah, it was a lot of, a lot about music and art and, and it was quite cultured, you know, but of course we were extremely dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, well, I think those probably go like hand in hand, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> in yeah. a good way. In a good. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I wore my dad's suits and all too. Like I used to steal his clothes. So she made clothes, but then it was a lot about his clothes too, because he was very into men's tailoring and you know, like beautiful crombies and suits, all tailored, hand tailored. So you know, so there was a men's thing and a woman's thing, and then that's there amazing. was kind of. What, what did your folks do? Um, my dad ran a lot of different businesses. He was an identical twin, and so he, uh, so he and his brother ran a, like a bunch of different businesses in the city in in Ireland. Mm -hmm. But you know, there was there was uh, there was problems there related to a little too much drinking. Yeah, it can happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So it's a fine line. But you, you know, know, that's just the other story of which we all have like yeah. something in the closet, you know, totally. and that's that's the interesting part, isn't it? And what brings you to where you are today, yeah. you know, and pushes you out in your your little boat. When you were, you know, when you were in high school or when you were getting ready to get to that age where you can leave the house, what did you want to do? Did you know where you wanted to go? I knew I wanted to go to art school, yeah. and um, and my dad actually wanted me to work in the in the family business, and so they kind of paraded me, got me into the into town as we called it, the city, <laughs> and to buy like a business suit, you know, this yeah. '80s skirt suit, so I could work in the travel agency. But I applied to college and got in to s study. Uh, I was going to do interior design, and then I like you know merged into fashion. What like, made you switch over? Well, I, it, it was actually just somebody saying to me, like, what do, you, what do you mean interior design? Aren't you much more suited to fashion? I was like, oh, my God, you're totally right, you know. <laughs> it was just like maybe something like on the application. Oh, interior design, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. right. I just knew there was something in there. But it takes yeah. a bit. That's, it reminds you, like, as you're a kid that you just really, it takes, it take, you know, you, c you just have to get on the right road. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to take a lot of lefts and rights and... 
And I suppose if you think of Ireland, you don't think of it as that kind of, it's not Berkeley, you know, yeah. and it's not, you know, it's not <laughs> NYU or whatever, but right. it still is going to, like, bring people of all those, like, with a commonality together, and yeah. there was that. Um, it was called the National College of Art and Design, Okay. and it wasn't such a big college, so uh, you were really close with all the fine art students and the, you know, the printmaking, right. and, which was... A pretty great environment, really, because it wasn't just about fashion. It was very much about fine art, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just, you know, I recently just read this, you know, biography about Roxy Music. And just, I just like, I just felt like there was like this kind of thing. It just, I remember reading that and just feeling that like, there was something about like, you know, the... Ireland, UK, art schools were just different, but I'm getting on a weird tangent here. So no, can... I, I mean, I know where you're coming you from. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, Ireland is, is, it's a very, you know, as I said, you're not, you don't think of, like, Southern California. When you think of Ireland, you, I don't know, everyone has a different, like, like a different idea of what mm-hmm. they picture, whether it's, like, farmers in a green field or, <laughs> yeah. like, crashing waves, or, or maybe if you think of arts, you might think of, like, Joyce and literature, but there actually is an amazing art scene in Ireland. It's really powerful mm-hmm. and very, very, uh, very pure. And it, it was very inspiring to me, actually. Like, there's a certain kind of a, um, appreciation for minimalism um, that is like, I suppose if you were to think of somebody today, you might think of a bit even like a Mark Newsom kind of a vibe because mm-hmm. there's so much about stone and the earth you know, it's very connected to because it's a small country, so you're never far from the coast and you're always close to the mountains. Yeah. So the natural environment is always really inspiring to everybody's work. And I think um, and I think uh, there's a lot of suffering. There's been a lot of suffering and like repression of the Irish people as well. Yeah. So that um, um, creates a lot of like pathos mm-hmm. and uh, and and power emotionally in in the arts you know i think that's why you get great musicians i mean you know look at van morrison too i mean you know you can't even hardly put into words what he can put into like music i know you know i, w- I was just watching um was it um the last waltz the other day oh, i was yeah. just rewatching it you know he's so good in that yeah he's, he's amazing yeah he's so so really good. amazing so when you were in art school what were the things that you were kind of getting really excited about then um well there was a lot of great painting yeah and a, um a lot of great sculpture uh you know artists like lucian freud and yeah. francis bacon and there was some there was an irish painter called louis Labrocki mm-hmm. at that time as well who was in that same genre but an irish artist yeah um i was very connected with um a, a strong arts family in ireland who are very well known in the irish scene um uh, the dad was called Robin Walker, and he was like a well-known architect who worked with like Mies van der Rohe. Okay. And his wife was Dorothy Walker, who was like a curator of like the most of the museums in Ireland and very much a friend to all the, the artists. Oh, that's so cool. And they were uh, a really like central to my um, upbringing, actually. There would be a lot of like amazing dinners in their house where there'd be like the adults and their very cool arts friends mm-hmm. and then all that they had five kids we all i know all the kids and i'm i'm almost equally good friends with all of them so there were very <laughs> it was a very important scene and yeah. i often think that's uh 
Well, it's something that uh, people lament if they knew that they were missing it because to ha to be in a situation oh, where you're with completely. parents and all of their friends and then you and all of your friends, that's really, uh, it's really nurturing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. And that scene influenced me a lot, actually. Was that when you first started doing fashion design or had you you'd been doing it before? Was that when you started taking it more seriously? What? Well, what? I did a foundation year in all the arts, okay. and then I had to do a foundation year in all the uh, like the arts of fashion, like textile, screen printing, mm -hmm. and I was very yeah getting into it all then. What did you love about it? Um, well, I loved it, but it didn't love me actually. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't love me there. because yeah. uh, um, I, I mean, I'm. I've had always had my own, I mean, I don't know, march to the beat of my own drum of kind of thing, you know. Uh, so so what did I love about it? I loved making clothes and just expressing myself. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, it's funny, like, what I did then actually fitted into the world much later than, you know. What like, do you mean? Well, the collections that I would that I would put together were, like, thought to be very incohesive uh -huh. you know whereas like they really like you to choose one thing and maybe one firm develop that to its full extent you right. know whereas i wanted to be like wait a minute i want like a leopard skin fur jacket and i want like a you know like a flamenco skirt and i want like something else you know and you'd throw it all together which is what we do today yeah like even you know in the same way like i would do music for a show and like I would think about something like uh, like if you're driving across the Brooklyn Bridge in a taxi, you know, and you're this, it's a summer and there's cars passing you by and you're hearing all these different sounds. Yes. It's like a million yeah. influences coming in at the same time. And I always kind of felt that. You always that felt that way. Oh, yeah. Because I'd been to New York, uh -huh. too, like while I was in college, yeah. you know. And so that's really what influenced me. That's and so it cool. wasn't. But they, but the, 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 they weren't with that in the program. They didn't that. get it. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. It's good. Like, you know, you need to constantly have those people you have to fight against. It just like makes your stuff so much better. Yeah. You're always pushing yourself yeah. out to find people who get what you what you are, uh, what you're saying. Right. You know, well, you're not in your comfort. I mean, you don't really want to be entirely in your comfort zone. Right. But yeah, that's why New York is. So so when you were leaving, so when you're getting ready to leave school, what was your plan? What did you want to do? I didn't really have any plan. It yeah. was kind of like <laughs> Dick Whittington. <laughs> If anybody remembers him, do you remember who no, Dick Whittington no. was? <laughs> sounds goofy. It sounds. I, yeah. I feel like that was that was like John Hamm's real name in Mad Men, wasn't that his was name? It? His name was like Dick Whitman. Oh, maybe it's inspired by him. So I think he's from um, maybe a Hans Christian Andersen, Chris, okay. like uh, or or the Grimm's Brothers, one of those like children's stories about like a guy like I mean if it was medieval, like he put his little <laughs> stick on his back with a pouch on it and his just little put like his stuff in it and had it all. <laughs> it's like I'm going to the city. I'm getting out of here. You know, <laughs> his so little like hobo bindle. Seek my fortune, kind of thing. You know. But so. New York was always the plan for you. When I came to New York, I came to New York in '83 when I was 19 first, yeah. and uh, and I would work here and I could then go back to college, you know, earn money and go yeah. back to college. What were you doing here for work? Waitressing. Yeah. Yeah, like just having a just good to time like be and here. Yeah, making the most money possible in mm -hmm. the shortest amount of times and having a good time, you know. Yeah. Seeing a lot of bands. Yeah. What do you remember from the from the city then? Oh God, <laughs> the Peppermint Lounge. Um, 
the peppermint lounge that was like um saint mark's raised pizza on oh. like saint mark's and that street like right there at like 8th street at that cross where it was like astor place oh yeah it was kind of vast and open and i used to think, oh my god how the hell am i gonna get across that street <laughs> but now it's so filled in with buildings yeah you know that it's actually quite a short hop from one curb <laughs> to the other <laughs> So you decided you just wanted to come you to know, New York I, after I, school. I jumped all over the place. Yeah. Where so, so I came, used to come in the, in the, from college, you know, in the summers. Yeah. And I also went to London. And London was very cool, of course. And London is so fashion, you know. Yeah. It was very fashion. Like the King's Road, you know, all that. The punks on King's Road in the, in the late 80s was a very cool thing. But it didn't have the same vibe that New York has. Hmm. Like when I came to New York, it was just, it was just like... A little virtual kind of spear go going touching you, you know, mm-hmm. in your heart. It was like, oh, that's it, you know, that's that's what I want to feel. And there wasn't a fashion thing here. It was really about that about that feeling of developing your own style, right? You know, like people like like the most you'd see like guys, maybe a bum, maybe a bike messenger, maybe anybody, just like. They totally developed their own style that is actually now, like I remember things that people wore then and they became a look. You know? Really? But yeah, but it wasn't about fashion. It was just about like individuals. And I loved that. I just thought it was just so exciting. I remember, it, and like New York used to be like mythical in Dublin in those days. Yeah. My brother went before I went. And he would just come back with stories? Yeah, you could just feel that, like, oh, God, he had done that. You know, he had gone to New York. I mean, it it really was kind of like a legend, like as if the streets were paved with gold. Uh But, but... It's hard to, you know, there is a really, like, a big nostalgia for the city. Oh, completely. For that time. Yeah. And and people, like, I think of my age and and older, much older, don't like to be, like, like a sad sack, kind of, like, going on about it. No, 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 but, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so I was, like, you know, 40 minutes away. away, And, you know, so, I mean, I remember, like, being 11 years old, and my folks were like, what do you want to do for your birthday? I'm like, I want to go to St. Mark's. You know, like I yeah. just, I just like felt drawn to there. Yeah, but it was a cultural explosion. Yeah, there was something, something had happened mm-hmm. after the seventies and the eighties, and in music and art and everything, and then like the converging of like rich guys from uptown, you know, you know, mixing with and after Andy Warhol, and mm-hmm. there really was something. It, it wasn't a, 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 we didn't make it up. <laughs> How long were you here till you started kind of getting serious and wanting to kind of make your own clothes or did that come first or you know did you start working in movies first what what was kind of like the timeline of that So I started working in movies quite soon after like the obviously the after I'd moved here so How did you fall into that Um I had a boyfriend who worked in the movie business okay. and like you were talking about like a million dollar a uh, million dollar budget yeah. and back when I started it was like that was a lot cuz I remember like movies on the lower east side like 300,000 was the budget Yeah and I remember starting to work for like 100 dollars a week or something and it's like interning now right, you know Right but uh so, yeah, I found somebody to work with who uh, I got on really great with, and I worked with her for about five years, and that was when we did, like, you know, Drop Dead Fred and Mystery Train. She was Jim Jarmusch's, like, girl. He always worked with her. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that like working with Jim Jarmusch? Amazing. Yeah. You know, and intense because uh, because he wanted to shoot in sequence. Mm-hmm. So that was actually a brutal schedule. Yeah. I mean, because one week you're shooting all night, and the next week you're shooting all day. 
you know, with kind of one day to turn around. And, you know, Robbie Mueller, his DP, like like the lighting setups were just like, I mean, hours and hours to, yeah. to set up. And you would go in like that little room, that bedroom, which mm-hmm. was in a dilapidated, like, you know, like in uninhabited hotel with Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. In his bright red suit in the in the lobby. But that room i always remember uh with the lighting setup was because elvis shows up in that room right in mm-hmm. the gold suit which we had to make and always but um like the amount of like light stands in there so like kind of jumping in and out to do a wardrobe trick would be like you'd have to be like a cat yeah and it was so serious and yeah. a lot of tension you know like really because yeah just get in do it fast get out yeah you know and do not make a mistake. And oh my God, she tried on like, do you remember she put like one t-shirt after the next, after the next, after the next in that. And I would have to remember which t-shirt she put on at one after the other so that if they had to cut it, you know. Um, but I wasn't even in the room. It was a, like a closed set. So yeah. it was, and the, but still there was no tolerance for a mistake. Really? This seems so brutal. I was like, I was like excited to hear the romantic story of where you got Mr. I'm like, oh my God, that seems so intense. Well, that was just my little yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Joe Strummer, well, you, yeah. you know, like working with Joe and Jim and, you know, Screaming Steve Jay Buscemi, Hawkins. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic guys. Really just, um, and Rick, I can't remember his name, too, the other guy. The crew that were in the truck, the three of them in the truck. It was really brilliant. Oh, because we used to shoot all night, we'd hang out in the morning at mm-hmm. like 7 a.m. We'd go to the like roof deck pool and just party. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And we'd go horse riding then, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we have to talk about my cousin Vinny. Yeah. A classic. Yeah. One of the most classic movies. And Marissa Tomei has just got the most amazing wardrobe in that film, too. Yeah, right. Those dresses are, like, out of yeah, sight. her whole style. Yeah. She looked so beautiful. So, yeah. so incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and uh, also, I mean, Joe Pesci had some really solid looks in that, too. Yeah. You know, I remember when, when he had to get the suit, <laughs> and, and he, like, the store was closed, so he had to get, like, the Southern Gentleman's, like, yeah. was it, like, crushed red velvet yeah, or velour? Was it, like, polyester. A polyester, yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah, and the judge looking at him. Yeah. What is a youth? Yeah, <laughs> that was the guy from uh, the Munsters. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Fred. Uh huh. Fred something. Yeah. yeah. What uh, What do you remember from from that shoot? Um. Okay. So the funniest. There's a lot of funny stories. Yeah. Because Joe Pesci's a tricky guy. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, uh, what's that word? Ornery. <laughs> you know. But fun. But man, yeah. a tough guy too. So, uh, so I used to wear these Patrick Ewing uh, high top sneakers. Patrick oh, hell Ewing yeah. was a big like basketball. Of course. Player, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and they'd come with a little basketball. There's a little orange basketball. Yeah. There were the Reeboks, right? Were they? I think, or the, no, 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 they weren't Reeboks. But yeah, I, I remember. Know, I remember. They were just Patrick. I only knew they were Patrick Ewing. So I yeah. bought them. I used to always build up my sneakers with a platform. I'd bring them to that Second Avenue shoe store and I'd put like maybe at least two layers of platform onto them. Yeah. And I'm wearing them. That's what I, you know, wore every, whatever my my work wear. Yeah. And so Joe Pesci, I'm like fixing his suit, getting him ready for the shot. And he looks and he's like, what, what are they? What, what, you know? And he just is like, he had to have them. 
And so he got we got him his Patrick Ewing sneakers because he wanted to wear them for yeah. the movie. And then, but then he realized they weren't the same. So what? They're not the same as yours. <laughs> so he ended up having to get the platforms added. We put a little platform on them, which was good for him. You That's know, so cool. He needed a bit of uh, a bit of a lift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it was great. It was a really great movie to work on. That's cool. So w- what is the thing you took away in, from working on all these movies? So, uh, s- well, I traveled around America a lot. Working know? on films? Yeah, because yeah. I never worked in New York. So in the very beginning, I worked in New York City. Mm-hmm. But then I traveled around and I would always be like two or three months, you know, doing all the yeah. prep and then working on the movie. Mm-hmm. And then so So getting to know America... You know, from Montana to Arizona to Kansas to like, you know, I worked on Prince of Pennsylvania with Keanu Reeves and oh, cool. Fred, Fred, uh, oh, down in the down in the mines. So an amazing like cross section of American culture. Right, and, and spending time in those places and really yeah, getting to know them and shopping all the thrift stores. Yeah, because I would also have to outfit all the extras, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, when your budget is whatever three million, and also you need old clothes, you don't need right. new clothes. No. So I'd have to do like huge sweeps of the thrift stores, and you really got to know. Like I got to know denim, I got to know plaid, and I got to know like what's a cool leather jacket so i could just kind of skim through a thrift store like in like a few minutes and know how to get all this great stuff it just speaks to you yeah Yeah. so and i used to find that i would come home and talk to people about it and i'd been to places that nobody else had been to and it's like wait i'm just this girl from dublin but i've been all over and you've you've i mean you're american and you've never been to all these places so i felt that i was really really lucky about that that's um, so cool. Montana was amazing. Yeah. It was really, yeah, that was called Cold Feet. Okay. With, um, and I have a terrible name for, uh, for there was some, uh, Tom Waits was in that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Keith Carradine and, and Sally, um, was it Sally Field? No. Um, anyway, Montana was incredible because it was all Western, horse riding, like leathers, like, you know, like denim. Yeah. Like the real Western American, like that back of the culture mm-hmm. which was just totally inspiring to me so when did you want when did you make the transition from you know leaving the film industry to actually my cousin Vinny was the last one I did yeah yeah because well I did one completely on my own as well which was a, um, ooh, a Jim Thompson novel oh, okay killer inside me Th- that was pretty recent though um, oh, oh no. the kill off. It was oh, called the kill okay. off, which is another Jim Summers. The killer yeah. inside. The killer inside me was the Casey Affleck was in that, I think. Okay, so yeah. that was a big one. This was yeah. one that was made by you know another um, a director a woman called Maggie Greenwald. Okay, and, uh, but I found that like that I love clothes and I love styling, but I wasn't really able to kind of flex my design muscles enough. So I wanted to, I wanted to just start off my own business. Yeah, but um, how did you make that happen? Well, I had saved money, yeah. you know, from, from the movies. Well, I yeah, made. if you're traveling, you're yeah. not paying rent. Yeah. You know, they're paying for you to, like, travel and yeah. live all these places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I did work, actually, in a vintage, like, did a, um, this other job in the in between. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was there used to be a big store on uh, Fifth Avenue. It's still there, Reminiscence. Okay. It's a little shop now, but it used to be massive. And I used to work uh, up in the, like, in the South Bronx with these two other girls. I used to drive up there. Like, I don't know how we all had cars, and we'd drive up to the South Bronx and, like, pick vintage clothes out of this huge warehouse where they sorted clothes, and we used to find the most, like, incredible stuff ever, and, uh, 
and we would the vintage clothing uh, buyers would come and, and get it for their store so right. i did that as well so i had a pretty big collection of vintage mm -hmm. and so another bit you know so i kind of had done my research in a way before you know i'd got a good experience of clothes um and i opened the shop then on sixth street in the east village so it was a, it was a vintage shop at first well i had like altered vintage and yeah. yes i did sell vintage in there as well uh -huh. and then your own designs as and well then my own designs too because you had to fill up the store and i couldn't <laughs> fill it right away so yeah. i did a lot of vintage yeah yeah what do you remember from that like from that time you know kind of like starting you know when you first start that business and you're like uh all right this is what i do now <laughs> You know. Well, it was a total, like, tripped-out space. Yeah. I mean, my partner is, who I'm still with, oh, uh, cool. is, uh, I guess, a renaissance man. There's a word for things now that the word, <laughs> words for them, like a guy who can do everything. So, yeah. like, I had this whole fantasy of what I wanted the shop to look at, look like, and it was a bit like a ship-slash-submarine. Mm -hmm. So the floor was, was all silver metal. Okay. We put down silver, like, galvanized metal with, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, power power drill like nails in it and then there was like a silver wall that had these two angles with like pink portholes with uh like um circular things with big metal studs in it so yeah. it looked like a ship yeah and it was kind of a bit psychedelic too. Uh -huh. there was a lot of pink and silver and pale blue and then it was very small but right behind those walls with the pink portholes were was my little workshop yeah and um, so I would just, uh, I just started off with this tiny little workshop in the back. So I'd be listening to WFMU. Oh, yeah. Still the greatest. All day long. Yeah. Still back then. Yeah. And still today. So good. That kept me going. And I'd just be like, you know, just playing my music. And I would make, I'd started to. So from that whole collection of vintage, I did find these one pair of men's um, hip hugger, uh, like red velvet boot, like flares. Mm -hmm. And I took them apart and refitted them for me with like just a little boot flare, a little bootleg on them instead of that big flare. Yeah. And they became, that became the pattern for my pants that kind of launched that whole movement of the low rise hip hugger yeah, bootleg. How, how did that all take off? Through those pants, yeah. you know, and then I did them in like every fabric I you know, from it was a lot of vinyl. I used to do a lot of vinyl back then, yeah. black vinyl and um, with a zipper. But there was pull on versions that I still do today in stretch leather. That's like it's the same. It's actually still almost the same pant. That That's I, so cool. I mean, it's a little tweak here and there, but, you know, velvet, denim, corduroy, pinstripe. <laughs> when did it when did it start feeling like it was taking off? Do you remember that moment where you're like, oh, this is real. This is this is this is getting crazy. <laughs> You know, it's funny that that feels like you just never, never happens. I'm always a bit of a skeptic. Yeah. I think you know, I I'm never I never just sit back and go, okay, great, or even oh my god, it's happening. I mean, even if it, oh my god, it's happening, I got to work even harder. Right. You know, to make it. Happen. There's never any time to sit and rest. And but it was just fun. It yeah. was really, really fun. And all like I had a big gang of friends who like people were not that we were talking earlier about just kind of chilling out, you know, when people really had time. And I don't think even young ones in their 20s today have the time that we had then where you could just like, you know, kick back at 
four o'clock and go and see a friend and other people would join in and you'd start having a beer and then the next thing it's 11 and yeah. you're going out to a club. So everyone would gather in my studio in the back and we'd all hang out and I'd often just be still working and giving people haircuts. That's so cool. It was a good time. Yeah. That just seems like such a, when people had the time where they they weren't like working themselves to death all day long and just like killing themselves to live here. Yeah. And it was just more of kind of like a communal experience. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's where, where great art comes from. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come from forcing yourself on a schedule. It doesn't really yeah. work because yeah. you might have to stay up till 3 a.m. when you have your kind of eureka moment. And be able to sleep in so that you can get going on it again when you wake up, right? Yeah. It, yeah, there's no like, okay, today's the day I'm going to start making clothes. And that's the day you right? like actually don't start yeah. making clothes because we don't like to do what we have to do. Exactly. That's the key, <laughs> right? Um, so there was a few different incarnations of your line. Yeah. What was the reason for doing that? Well, uh, I'm... Uh, if there's an indie music business, I'm definitely an indie designer. Yeah. You know, um, I've always been on my own, except for that brief period where I was uh, taken over by that the this um, investment kind of conglomerate called mm-hmm. Pegasus. The winged horse, <laughs> the winged horse kind of flew off without us all. The people who... Um, they just who, came in. <laughs> they came in and out within one year. But I did not do it out of choice. I read a lot of, uh, I read press on it now. I just so find, stumble on things like, oh, she sold out to, but I didn't sell out. To, yeah. To actually, it doesn't sell out to anybody. Um, I didn't have a choice back then because when you're independent and you're like branching out, you're in Japan, you're in, I was in Colette, I was in Harvey Nichols, I was everywhere. And I, and I had my own stores and I basically had done it all from just starting off as a waitress. Right. You know? And I don't have any rich daddy or no family here. So every single thing that I did, I did with my partner, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like being a, like in a little boat out on the ocean, you know. Yeah. There's big kind of cruise liners like come by and the you kind of get bounced up and down on the, <laughs> you know. And there's big waves come and they kind of knock you over and you get right yourself. And then another one comes and you're right. And then another one comes. You're like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, so you need help, yeah. right? So you well take to grow, on. right? I mean, it co- it costs a lot of money to run a clothing it company. It costs a lot of money, and, and a lot of money you have to put up front too that's for right. everything. Yeah, because you get all your orders, you yeah. know, and you have to put up the money for them. And then if something goes wrong, like there's a really warm winter, or there's an economic crash, yeah, and all the buyers like you know suddenly like bounce their shipments or something, like you just take the hit, right? And um. And I'm really uh, also, after a while, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not the life that I want to be living. This is starting to control me rather than me controlling it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't really feel that happy. Um, It's not organic anymore. Well, maybe it is, but it's like, this is not like this garden's full of weeds or something, choking me, you know, (laughs) I always think of analogies, but... um, so, so, you know, it's just like, I'm going to stop this. I don't want to do it like this anymore, you know. So I did, uh, I, okay, so those Pegasus people basically put me out of business. They closed everything. They, I had three stores. They closed them all, fired everyone who worked for me. I had 50 people working in my Bond Street studio. I had a nice business of loyal people. Yeah. And um, that was a sad thing. Was that, yeah, that sounds, I can imagine that would be pretty devastating. 
But yeah, but a lot of my friends felt really bad for me, but I was just kind of like had a shield up and I, you know, but yet they kind of saw that I was hurting maybe a little more than than I realized myself, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. So 2004, after 9-11, my store on Bond Street was still vacant after they had closed it. So um, so I came back to the, it's a co-op building and Glenn O'Brien lives there, you know, oh, cool. cool Glenn yeah. and, and Gina. So it was like, hey, I want to come back in. I want to take back my store. My sign was still there. My mirrors, my air conditioning, everything really? that I had done to it was all still there. So I took back the shop again and just started off. And little by little, you know, the customers started coming back. Everything's just selling again. And Barney's picked up the line again. That's cool. And everything was going great again, uh, really cool. And uh, I did a, um, a a collection specifically for Barney's called K189 Co-op that I did for a few years. And mm-hmm. we're kind of, you know, trotting along nicely. Everything's going well. And then that financial crash came along. And that was uh, another, uh, like a very big wave yeah. as well for somebody who had come back. And actually, I had built my business up to almost half of its original value, which was quite a considerable achievement. Yeah, I mean, was it hard to start again from from scratch, kind of? Um, well, not when you have the enthusiasm and the ideas and the belief and the, you know, and you're really in touch with what you do and who your who your women are and what you want to make, right. you know. I mean, you just have to be really, really feeling it, mm-hmm. I think. And if you are, it'll work. And that comes through the through the work, too, right? Exactly. And people respond to that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can't fake that. You can't fake Mm-mm. that. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I think it's so much about your feelings, yeah. you know, being in touch with your feelings. Completely. Right. I completely agree. Um, so anyway, that was a tough time. Um, my mom actually um, got ALS around mm-hmm. that time too, and she was back in Ireland. And so I had a personally a lot of like difficulty as well, and I was going back and forth. And so in 2012, you know, everything was really changing. Everyone was thinking, wait a minute, retail stores, the internet, how mm-hmm. are we doing business, what's happening? Like everyone is grappling with this new world. And so again, it was like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I don't want to do this anymore. You I can't all hang change. out at someone's internet shop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I just didn't want to do, I didn't want to do it like that anymore. And life's going by, you know? And you just want to, um, you want to do what you want to do. Yeah, of course. Again. Of course. So I closed the store. Yeah. And, but I didn't go anywhere. I basically just um, went back to my home in Brooklyn and um, and I set up my studio in my own house there, and I built my website and and I still sell to like a lot of customers, like women who know me and know I'm there. They all come to my studio oh, and shop so cool. straight out of my studio. Yeah. I do trunk shows. Um, around the country which are really fun you know so I just like kind of pack it all up a lot of leather leggings yeah so because I've always been about clothes that are really uh, they last there's something you can wear this year next year the year after Mm -hmm. you know they're not like throwaway things right so and that's one piece that I believed it would just be like one of those things like a pair of jeans they're they're never going to go away right there's always going to be like probably a stretch leather legging or some version of a pant in that fabric forevermore in a woman's (laughs) closet because they're amazing yeah so i decided to do those so you're working out of your studio in brooklyn now yeah Um, what has that experience been like 
It's uh, it's been challenging. Yeah. It's it's fantastic as well because um, I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I don't. I did get a little bored taking, uh, you know, coming into the same location every day. I have to say, I like change, mm-hmm. and uh, but um, it's been really good because I've been able to put a lot back into me. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about, like I've been able to fill up the coffers again and really figure out what it is that I'm doing, what mm-hmm. I'm about. Because when you love doing something and that's your 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 thing, you're going to do it your whole life. Right. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I will continue to do it my whole life, whether people are coming after me to see mm-hmm. what I'm doing or not. Right. You know. Well how, well, how do you see yourself fitting into the fashion world? Um... I just see myself as somebody who women really depend on to give them clothes that they love yeah. that really help them get through and enjoy their lives and get up in the morning and put on something like like fucking great that <laughs> makes them able to like wow I look good yeah hell yeah and I don't need to go home I can just go straight out and have a good time in these these leather leggings you know so it's yeah. about that for me yeah what what are the things that still inspire you to keep going forward. Um, just the, the, the desire to like wear, actually wear, I mean, I really, even though sometimes I think, God, does it sound really vain to be my own muse? But I am my own muse. And I think we all are actually Mm -hmm. in the end, if we were really to think about it, like what we wear, we wear it because we are, we like it. And that's, you know, so even as a designer, like, yes, if you're a male designer, you obviously need a female muse. And I am my own muse. I, you know, so if those like bootleg pants I've, back in the day, I was thinking that was what I wanted. And of course, if you're a designer or even as we've all discovered now, like you Google a question and it quick fills and that tells you that you're not the only one who's had that right and as a good designer (laughs) you know you come up with something and that's because like you've actually just preempted like what everybody else wanted and that's what i do for women yeah i figure out what they want before they know it and then and i wear so i know it's real yeah and um and i don't like too much fashion i like cool Mm -hmm. style that works yeah you know that i can go anywhere in right even if I'm in utilitarian, yeah, in a way, or even a really rich neighborhood, yeah, a really rich party, or maybe a very cool neighborhood, or a dive bar, or anywhere like it doesn't matter. I can go there because I, you know what I mean, yeah. And so that's how my clothes have to kind of pass through, transcend boundaries, and um, and that's what keeps me going is that's that I cool. always want pieces that will take me there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the what are the day to day stresses that you have to deal with? <sighs> Be deep breath. <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Making you like go no. through this all over. No, no, okay. of course, because like I, you get back into it and you're like, oh shit, that's what I. That's what you know. I didn't look at that nachos. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what humor you know yeah. right humor you gotta always have a laugh it's really like and that's what like is good about being irish too mm-hmm. is irish people will always laugh off you know the hard stuff and uh, even if it's really hard mm-hmm. right i mean so uh so that gets you through it production is really difficult yeah. and that is actually it's a real joy to work with madewell to create clothes because they are just like 
of course, experts at yeah. what they do. And I can come in and I can be like, here's some really awesome ideas of clothes that I know are going to be beautiful. And uh, and they help me to do it. Yep. And, and, then, and then the clothes magically appear. They're there, yeah. And I don't have to have participated in every single area so um so that's a really that's the most stressful part of creating clothes like ideas are to a penny i think yeah um but actually manifesting them are what's what's difficult and also getting it right like, yes yeah. i don't want to make anything that's not right i hate that that's really stressful to me is when i've designed something and it comes out wrong that's really upsetting yeah and then even if somebody says oh i have that and you're like Oh, God, what is... Because I know there was something not perfect. They probably don't even notice, but right. I want it to be perfect. Of course. Yeah, you notice every little flaw, and that's like yeah. the only thing that sticks out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, <laughs> you don't know the good stuff. No. Why not? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You just got to keep pushing yourself, right, yeah. to just get it right. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you're working with Madewell right now. Yeah. What are you doing with them? So we did a collection together, uh, like it's mostly denim yeah. because Madewell's a denim company, uh-huh. and um, I love denim actually. Um, but being not a being a an indie designer, you know, you don't like take on doing a whole denim collection because that's a another whole world. It's yeah. like it's like tech, and if you're kind of like make fridges or something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, don't go there if you don't really know how to do it. And so, um, so what I do though is very much about like. Um, uh, like a philosophy and about how you feel, how you look, like like this the stretch, the comfort, the tailoring, and so a lot of like my shapes and silhouettes work very easily transitioned into denim. Right. So that's what it's. Um, but it's seventies inspired, and I do love the seventies. Yeah. I love the vibe of the seventies. I love all those T-shirts that are, I mean, not. I mean, have a nice day is actually funny now, <laughs> you know. And I would never have worn it, but now I think it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do like that sentiment, and I love the sentiment of um, even even protest. You know, like uh, like all the students getting out and marching and saying things, and I love looking at photographs of like of like like all those like women and you know and their t-shirts and the flares and the denim it's so much about denim so mm-hmm. i was pretty inspired by by i guess california and denim yeah and 70s and um, for this collection that's cool but you know you start somewhere and, and it's it, not where you end no, up never is end. so there's a bit of 80s in yeah. there there's a bit of 90s there's a bit of everything yeah. because because that's what design is yeah yeah so what so what's next for you well i'm 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 i guess as what people i'm back i suppose <laughs> even though i never went anywhere my own website is uh virtually fully operational again with um with a full line of buyable pieces cool and um i've got some really great new people working with me and i'm really excited to be doing that yeah and uh so that's what i'm doing and onward and upward yeah Awesome. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Um, Daryl Kerrigan, thank you so much. Thank you, Jay. That was really fun.